Last week, we talked about how Jesus actually ascended into heaven to the right hand of the Father, which is not a place that's far away, but a place where he is in power and authority and a place from which he sends his Holy Spirit into our lives. This week, we see the disciples living their lives, trusting that that's where Jesus is, that Jesus is in control, and he is sending his Holy Spirit. Our reading for this morning comes from the last half of the chapter of Acts chapter 1. Let's hear about it in our video. Jesus' disciples returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, where they had seen Jesus ascend to heaven. They went to the upstairs room where they were staying. These were the names of Jesus' apostles, the eleven of Jesus' disciples who were closest to him. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. They prayed together along with the women, including Jesus' mother Mary and Jesus' brothers. Peter stood up among the group and said, the scripture said that Jesus would be betrayed, so that is why Judas Iscariot did what he did. Judas has died, so we should choose someone else. Someone who has been with us during the time we followed Jesus. We will choose someone to go with us and tell the truth about Jesus' resurrection. So they decided to choose between two men. One man named Joseph, called Barsabbas, who was also known as Justice, and a man named Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's hearts. Show which of these two you have chosen to take the place that Judas left. Then they cast lots for them, and the lot fell to Matthias, and he was added to the eleven apostles. Matthias was chosen to join the apostles in sharing what they learned about Jesus. God calls us to join in this mission of sharing the gospel, working in community, and seeking him in prayer. So today we have an opportunity to talk about decisions. And if you are one of those who are, are terrible at decision making or at the end of your work day just have no energy left to make decisions, take comfort in the fact that you're not the only one. I too am terrible at making decisions. I think it was when I was about 14 or 15 years old that I decided that the decision of what ice cream flavor I am going to choose was just too much for me to bear. And so every time I go to get ice cream, because this is such a big deal for me, I, I gotta get something that I'm going to enjoy. It's cookie dough. Every time, no matter what other flavors there are, no matter how good they look, I'm choosing cookie dough because I don't wanna be disappointed when the stakes are this high. But whether it's a menu item, your ice cream, or some of the big decisions that we have to make in life. Decisions are hard. And kids, you actually have hard decisions to make as you, as you think about, well, what do I want to be when I grow up? What do I want to do when I grow up? That's a big decision. Parents, you make big decisions all the time. 
Whether it's where am I going to live, where's my family going to live, where are we going to send our kids to school. Maybe, maybe the big decisions are what job I'm going to hold in this career or if it's time to go back to school and change careers or sometimes even if it's time to, to relocate the family. We make really big decisions a lot of the time and decisions are incredibly difficult. Most of the time we make decisions in this kind of world of gray where it's not a right or a wrong answer. And we can be paralyzed while making those decisions. So today we're just going to answer the question, how would God have us make decisions? And I think one of the ways that we usually make decisions, and maybe this is the default mode, is we make decisions based on what we're afraid of. Maybe I am afraid of missing out. If you've ever heard the acronym FOMO, where's the most FOMO? The most fear of missing out. Those are the things I'm going to do and involve myself in. And so sometimes this works out well because uh, maybe I have the opportunity to work late one night or to get to the kids' soccer game. And so I'm going to get to the kids' soccer game because I can work late any night. And the fear of missing out actually motivates us in a, in a good direction. Or sometimes it can be that I'm going to, to stay in this position that supports my family rather than taking a risk because this is the safe choice and I'm afraid of what might happen in the risk. And sometimes those decisions put us in the right position. But sometimes when we make big life decisions out of fear, we actually run the risk of missing out on the plans that God has for us. Because if we make decisions based on our FOMO or fear of missing out, we can put ourselves in so many experiences in life that we're stretched so thin we can't experience the depth of the life that God has for us. Or if we are afraid to step out in faith and do something different, we can take the risk of actually fighting against the will of God and experiencing the anxiety of that. Fear is not a good reason to make a decision. So how would God have us make decisions? I think one of the ways that God would have us make decisions is to know his word and to know the difference between right and wrong. Because there are times in our lives where it is actually clearly laid out for us. It could take away some of the anxiety of not knowing how to deal with certain circumstances when God actually lays out for us, these are the ways I want you to act in these circumstances. These are the, the values that I want you to carry through life. Sometimes... Just spending time in God's word and knowing what it says can give us a lot of comfort in the way that we make decisions. But not all the time. Because we know that we are in a broken, broken world. We see this in the story that we just heard. The disciples know what God says. They know what needs to happen. They know that there has to be 12 apostles because they went back and actually read the scriptures. Peter actually quotes to them a psalm that says, we have to replace Judas. But in the brokenness of this world, it doesn't make that decision simple. And so although we need to know what God's word says, it doesn't solve all of the problems of how to make decisions. What we see in this chapter in Acts is an incredible trust in a God who is in control. 
As the story unfolds, we have to remember that it's not everything that the apostles do that we just need to follow because they did it. But we get to see how they are trusting and believing the words that Jesus spoke to them. So for us, as we make decisions and try to answer the question, how would God have us make decisions? It's not for us to to cast lots, which is basically like deciding by rolling a dice. God doesn't command us to make our decisions by rolling a dice. But Jesus does tell his disciples to spend time in prayer. And what we see in their decision-making process is that they start with prayer. They are devoting themselves to prayer. And then Peter stands up and reminds them of what the scriptures speak. And then they go back into prayer again. And they decide these two people are qualified. They have on the outside everything that it takes to be an apostle. And then what do they do? They go back and they pray again. See, this isn't all that unlike what we do here every Sunday. We pray as Jesus taught us. And what Jesus taught us was to pray, thy will be done. And this is what the disciples are doing here. They are trusting in God's will. They are trusting in God's plan for their lives. And when they, and when they have a big decision to make, they're not praying that God would decide on Matthias and turn everybody else to be convinced that Matthias is the guy. But they're praying that he would open their hearts to recognize his will and act according to it. You see, they are, they are trusting that God is in control. They're trusting his plan for their lives. And sometimes in our lives, it's hard to recognize God's control. Sometimes in our lives, even though we might know that God's will is being done, as it unfolds, we think, well, God, this, this will isn't really great. God, this is a really broken situation, and I, and I wish that it wasn't this way. But we can actually trust, like the disciples trusted, we can trust that God is in control and his plans for us are good. And we can do that because we've already seen what Jesus does on the cross. We've already seen that God makes the most important decisions in our lives. He has made the decision to send his son to our world. Jesus has made the decision to die on the cross. God the Father has made the decision to raise him from the dead And they both made the decision to send the Holy Spirit into your life so that you would be here today to hear this word, to believe that Jesus has eternity set aside for you. He wants to live with you forever. Those decisions have already been made. And even though we have big decisions that are important, they're nowhere near as important as the decisions God has made for us. And so when the decisions come, We have an opportunity there again to trust that God is in control. He will close the doors that need to be closed. He will open the doors that need to be opened. He will walk with us through that decision so we don't have to make it out of fear. But with prayer and by praying that his will would be done and that we would see what it is, we can actually make decisions in life with confidence because we know that God's plan will happen. And his plan for us is good.